What's going on, guys? This is Codis with the Yolt Podcast here. I'm with my co-star, Jared. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Today's been a pretty good day. I can't lie. So it's been it, nice. It, what about it's, you? It's been a while since we recorded, but I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty yeah. good. Yeah, we took a week off. You know, so yeah. tell, us, tell us a little bit about your week off. Like, what happened? So pretty much, I went to a Bible camp for people that don't know. Um, it was only like four or five days, but wow, it was it was powerful. Like, we finally, I finally spoke in tongues, which was weird like Satan's still trying to make me doubt it like i'm yeah. like why like he's like yo like did you really or are you mm-hmm. crazy i'm like dude be, be quiet but anyway that happened um you could just feel god like yeah. you could just you knew uh there's a lot That's of healing awesome. we did lots of worship completely lost my voice uh, yeah it's doing, it's doing better than it was um, okay stuff like that pretty much it was just a big god thing we played yeah. games i smoked some kids in kickball because that's all i do yes sir yeah. so pretty much that was the main thing just god and fun and worship and it was awesome that's awesome dude let's let's talk a little bit about the uh, speaking in tongues thing because I, I feel like yeah. most christians are like huh so so yeah. first explain to us what yeah. is speaking in tongues yeah I, uh, I told that to one of the group chats i was in and they were like what's that so pretty much from I have a bunch of notes that I took from the guy because the whole kind of message for the five days was like this Holy Spirit and the mission field and all that stuff. But so pretty much the Holy Spirit, we all know what that is. It's a thing that once Jesus died, um, pretty much he released the Holy Spirit into us. And the best way to explain the Holy Spirit is a conscience. A conscience. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Or a conscience? Sure. Yeah. Pretty much it tells us what's right and what's wrong. So when you sin and you feel convicted, you feel like you did something wrong, you feel like, oh, this isn't good. It's mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit saying, come on, I mean, you really shouldn't be doing that. But pretty much um, the Holy Spirit, uh, when you get the Holy Spirit, when you get saved, you get the Holy the gift of the Holy Spirit. And mm-hmm. it gives you peace, joy, love. So that's why when people say, oh, you know, you became a Christian, how come you've changed? It's because you have the Holy Spirit in you. You're, you're yeah. new. You have, yeah. You're calmer, I guess. And yeah. um, another thing the Holy Spirit gives you is the power to speak in tongues. And so hmm. pretty much what tongues is, is it's a language only you and God understand. It's just a language for you too. For so sure. when you, I guess, I don't know how to, how to do it, but when you get really into prayer and you really just feel like, I don't know, the God, the God power, I guess, mm-hmm. if that's yeah. what you want to say, you just start speaking in tongues. And well, it says, in the yeah. Bible, oh, you keep going, what'd you say? I was just going to say, I want, I want to clarify that not everybody is called to speak in tongues. Like Paul yeah. wasn't able to, I think, if I remember right. Um, yeah, I don't he, think Paul, he was. Paul does speak about, speak, or he talks about speaking in tongues in one mm-hmm. of the Corinthians. Um, and I think the, first I guess, what, what is it? It's First Corinthians, I believe. Okay. Um, I forget the chapter, but it's somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, but I think the, the premise of it is, and I also forget this reference off the top of my head, mm-hmm. but the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will communicate on behalf of us. Yeah, and so that's basically that's why it kind says of... it's more powerful than our prayer. It says that somewhere. I, I know it says somewhere, I believe, that speaking in tongues is more effective, more efficient. Yeah. Don't quote me on that, but I, I, I strongly believe it says that I think, somewhere. I think I vaguely remember something like that. Yes. But, yes. okay, well, good deal, man. Like that. Yeah. yeah, pretty it's, much. That's crazy. Cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've never spoken in tongues by any means, so um, yeah. I, don't, I don't think I ever will. I don't really care to necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's kind of like an, an iffy subject because, like, like we said, you know, some yeah. people are like, "That's definitely not real," but it is. It's just not for yeah. everybody. So, mm-hmm. but keep going with it, man. But yeah, that was pretty much it. So, pretty much, it gives you the power to speak to God that only you guys understand. It's pretty much speaking yeah. in tongues is. Yeah. Okay. Well, good deal. 
Yeah, um, I'm ready to get into this episode. I'm ready so what is it? it? Tell us about it. What is so this we're going to learn about Matthew 18, okay? Okay. One of my favorite parables is in Matthew 18. So I didn't write any notes for it because nice. well, at least this one parable gotcha. because I like to just go off with this parable. So we'll see. Dude. So I was rehearsing this last night in my bed. I was like, ooh, I'm going to go off. I'm preaching, you know, anyway. All Do right. it, man. So Matthew 18. So I got a little confusing. It was a little confusing at the start. Because pretty much Jesus tells us, unless, so truly I tell you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, mm-hmm. whoever humbles himself like, a, like this child, the, the one is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one child like this in my name welcomes me. And so it kind of got me confused. Like, why would God want us to be like children, I guess? Mm-hmm. I'm not focused here one sec. And oh, the way go. I was, the way I looked it up, because I was kind of confused about it. And yeah. uh, someone mentions that children are kind and children are obedient to their masters or parents. For sure. So God wants us to be obedient and that's going to help us enter the kingdom of God. You know, that's yeah. at least how I took that. Yep. I, I can then, agree with that. Yeah. And then in Matthew six, I, I like this one. Okay. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to read it. Uh, but it says, but whoever causes one of the little ones who believes in me to fall away it will be better for him to have a heavy millstone were, were hung around his neck and he would, dr- would drown in the deep depths of the earth. So pretty much it's saying that if you make one of, it, one of his children of God fall off his path, I guess, and make him fall away from God, it's better to just put a big old millstone over your head and drown. Yeah. So obviously, he's using metaphors. He doesn't really sure. want you to kill yourself like that. But I don't know if you know what a millstone is, but it's these huge, huge stones. Yeah. And obviously, if you hold that, you're going to sink underwater. So yeah, pretty much yeah. God is telling you that it's not good to make one of his people fall away. Like, that is a big no-no, and you yeah. should not do that. He would well, not like that at all. And I, I, going off of that, you know, the Bible, I, we've already talked about it in a previous chapter or previous episode, but it says that, uh, I think we did at least, but uh, Jesus loves the children, right? And so he mm-hmm. loves them for specific reasons, of course. But I mean, in this like kind of metaphor of us becoming like a child again, I think it's also talking about how, I don't know if you think about it, like children, or at least I was, are like so easily influenced. Yeah. Like, and the, I guess the word these days is gullible, right? Um, mm-hmm. So like you can convince a child of anything, right? So I think what, yeah. at least what I made it out to be is, okay, well, if you convince a child or like you uh, of something that's not biblical, then he's saying like, you're metaphorically just, just go ahead and jump in the ocean with a millstone because you're, yeah. you're screwed, you know? Um, now, granted, I might've mistaken that or might have a different uh, interpretation, but like, I don't know. I think if we, like, like you said before, if we humble, humble ourselves to be like that of children, it's, it's, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's obviously the goal of having the faith of a child, but keep going for me. All right. And then this next one, I didn't put any notes for it, I guess, but it says, what of the world because of, of offense for offense will inherit inevitably become to the woe to the person by whom the offense comes. So pretty much it's saying like, yeah, bad for the world, but it's worse for the person to make my, my child fall. So it's basically like, mm. so it says, what to the world? Cause you know, the world is obviously going to make some people fall, but it also says pretty much a bigger woe to the person, the individual person that makes the person fall. For sure. I think yeah. that's how, what that kind of meant. Yeah, no, I, I can agree with that. You know, um, he's gonna like, I guess in different words is the world awaits sorrow because it mm-hmm. tempts people. Um, because of course the world is full of sin. We're born into a sinful world. And so likewise, people who tempt others are going to be, they, they await sorrow just like the world will. So, mm-hmm. but keep going. All right. So this next part, seven through nine, it talks about that. If your foot or right hand causes you to stumble to cut it off, 
And so I was listening to a sermon a while back called by Greg Gruchenetch, whatever he Life Church, I think it is. Mm-hmm. I love this. I love listening to this guy. But he said, imagine if, if everyone act, if these if this wasn't a metaphor and people actually cut off the right foot or hand or everything, and you walk into your office and you see a guy missing his hand, you're like, oh, a Christian too. I just thought that was funny. Cause like, can you imagine just walking to your office? Yeah. Some guys has his, his left hand cut off. He's like, Oh, you're a Christian too. But yeah, pretty much. It's not saying that the way I interpreted this, or I guess the way I can make this modern for people who understand. Um, for example, I have a bunch of blockers on my social media, so I can't like Safari. I can't even look up hot air balloon. So like, and there's a password on it that I don't even know. So pretty much I can't look up things that I shouldn't be looking up. If that makes sense. So pretty much instead of actually cutting off your right hand, I'm cutting off the source that could make me go to the bad things. Does that make sense? Can you hear me at all? You can't hear me? That's not good. Um, I'm guessing. Uh, I don't know if he can hear me or not. He can't hear me. So I'm going to keep going. The there or- we go. Dude, I yeah. was going off too. I, was I can tell. Off. I saw. Like, okay. So – I don't I don't know where it like lasted or where I don't it know. stopped. Can can we splice those two together? Yeah, we no? can splice them together. I figured okay. out how. So Good. Okay. I guess I don't know where to start cuz I was doing so good, dude. I can't Just I can't keep going where you left off. Just keep going. Anyway, where you left off. I don't yeah. know when it shut off though. So I guess I'll start in the middle. I I, I think of, it just shut off for me because remember you're the host leader. So yeah. as long as it stayed for you, you should be fine. All right, so pretty much, I'm just yeah. going to start where I went to the second part. So then it says to gauge your eye out and throw it in the way. So pretty much it's like the same thing. If you're struggling with something, completely cut that source off. Or if it's pornography, for example, put blockers on your phone, delete social media if you have to, delete all these things. Just like J- Joseph in Genesis, you know, this lady uh, grabbed him by the coat and said, stay with me and do some bad things. And he completely threw that coat off and ran. He, he ran as far as he could. He fled temptation. That's what we got to do. We got to cut the source off, even if it's tough to do. Like me, I don't have Twitter anymore because I know that there's bad things on there. And I personally don't want to fall back into sin. So I've completely got rid of that source. And Good deal, pretty man. much that. Like sometimes I won't yeah. even use Snapchat just because of that. Or if yeah. I see something, I will completely like block that person, block that story page. Like I am, I'm, I tell you, when I'm running, I am not trying to go back to my old ways. I don't want to be there. So I am metaphorically cutting my right hand off so I don't have to go back to bad things, if that makes sense. Yeah, dude, absolutely. Um, and I think it goes back to, uh, I forget the chapter, but it says that when uh, you kick a demon out, but you aren't filled with the Holy Spirit or whatever, mm-hmm. then it comes back sevenfold. I think yeah. similarly with like temptation, like if you kick yes. a, a temptation out, it's going to come back sevenfold. It, like the mm-hmm. demons that you're kicking out are going to come back with friends next time. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you aren't doing it the right way, then it's going to be, you're going to make it tougher for yourself yeah. longer than, and, uh, or not in the short term, but, mm. um, but yeah, dude, it's, uh, yeah, absolutely. And that's the best way to do it. And just as, of course, this is why Jesus gives us that advice. Um, mm. but I like, I like the spin that you put on that. The, uh, I guess the modern day practical. Yeah. It makes sense for some people. I just assume. Uh, I hope that makes sense for everybody. Cause that's <laughs> yeah, super that's, applicable. Yeah. 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 It's crazy though. How like we have all these precautions and somehow Satan just slips it in, you know, he, he's, he's, he's a tryhard man for sure like, he's always finding ways like yeah i it makes no sense sometimes i can't even go on tiktok dude because of stupid yeah. stuff like yeah it's so stupid I, I just have to go on the old one because it's just christian feed and i love that right yeah 
Yeah. I've, I've yeah. been getting mixed up, though, because, like, I'll be on, like, my TikTok, and I'll like Dude, the funny ones. Me, I'll do the exact same thing. I'm like, yeah. oh, wait, this isn't. Yes. <laughs> I yes. unlike, unlike, unlike. Right? And then it's bad, so then I'll go, like, to, to the likes. I'm like, oh, but this is so funny. I hate that I have to unlike yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. But, so I, I've, set myself, I've set myself a few things just so I could like it on my private one. Yeah, I've done yeah. that too. Yeah, and then then I I send it to me so I can share it to like my wife and stuff. Cause yeah, it's I've done. Yeah, I yeah. sent my friend a few things. Yeah, uh, but yeah, keep but, it going, man. Yeah, all right. So here we go. The parable of the lost sheep. If you ask my mom, dude, I talk about this all the time because this is my niche, like the lost one, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. Yeah, uh, I don't know the lost one. I guess if that makes sense. The so falling away Christians. This is my niche right here. This is my go-to. So the ninety-nine sheep. Pretty much what it's talking about is. So it says that we cannot work on. Wait, is this the right one? Is this the one about the Sabbath? Maybe not. No. Okay. Never mind. We're gonna twist. So. We're gonna twist the story up so just a little bit, Go but we're it. not false teaching. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> so pretty much, you have ninety nine sheep. Okay, and one sheep is going. One sheep is gone, and but this is the whitest sheep you need. This is this is the cleanest sheep, your best sheep, your most prized sheep, right? Mm-hmm. So you're gonna leave this ninety nine. Just to get the most best sheep, okay? You're gonna leave, you're gonna leave these sheep just to get this one sheep. And God is mm-hmm. the exact same way, okay? It, it talks about that he would leave 99 righteous people, people that bow at him, people that love him, people that do everything he said. He would leave 99 of them just to t- chase after the one lost one. So yes. the, the sheep that doesn't believe in him, the sheep that doesn't like him, the sheep that doesn't even want him, he's still gonna go after that sheep. He mm-hmm. is still gonna run full speed. Well, that sheep is running full speed away. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that just is a testament of God's character. You know, a lot of people in this life, we, they're like, oh, God is evil. Okay, well, if God is evil, why is he chasing after the lost sheep? Why is he trying so hard to fight for you? See, like, if you're watching this TikTok, and obviously, because I'm getting, like, some, like, spammy comments, of course, or at least I was. But, like, if you're watching this TikTok, it's not because you just happened upon it. It's because God is chasing after the lost sheep through us. Um, because that's he uses us as his ambassadors in this life, mm-hmm. a Christian. So if you ever, uh, you know, nothing's a coincidence in this life, especially yeah. when you have so many coincidences, it's no longer coincidence. You feel me? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, dude, keep rolling. And I want to read this. So it, it says in eighteen thirteen, Matthew eighteen thirteen, it says, and if he finds it, truly, I tell you, he rejoices over the sheep more than over the ninety nine that did not go astray in the same way. It is not the will of their father in heaven that one of these little ones will perish. So obviously God doesn't want any of us to perish. He obviously wants all of us to go to heaven. That's why he's going to leave the 99 righteous to get to the one. Like it says somewhere, I can't remember, but one person being saved is a party in heaven. Maybe, (laughs) maybe it doesn't say that anywhere in the Bible. Maybe that's what my grandma always told me. Yeah. All right. So it does say that. So yes, one person is a huge party in heaven. Mm-hmm. So hopefully this party's up there all the time, but I imagine yes. so. Dude, worldwide there's gotta be, you know. But it's actually pretty cool because there's uh somebody that was on our live, um, which I don't know if you read this, Codis or not, but they uh I convinced them to like message us on our in TikTok DMs and you can go read it. Um but it started out no no no, sorry, it was on one of our posts he commented. Um and so anyways, we had like a huge discussion in the comments or whatnot, and then mm-hmm. um Anyways, I was like, look, I'm getting lost. Can we just DM about it? She's like, sure. And so it's actually really neat because she started out like asking all these questions like, oh, the Bible says this about homosexuality. Oh, the Bible says this about clothing or like throwing all these like Leviticus statements. She's like, oh, well, Christians are so hateful. Or, Why is God so evil? And she asked all the atheist questions, all of them. 
but yet now she's asking about how to find a church and like how to find the right church. That's and awesome. It's, it's like, dude, it's just God chasing after that one sheet. The mm-hmm. one, anyways, it, it's so neat. Um, but no, he doesn't want a single person to perish. And, and people are like, oh, but God is so evil. Well, he, he literally sent his son to die for you so that you wouldn't perish, so that you wouldn't go to hell. Mm-hmm. So he, you're like, oh, well, well, God's sending me to hell. No, he's not. You're, you're choosing to send yourself to hell. But all you have to do is just believe and repent. It's, it's that easy. And so once you do that, like you're that one sheep he's chasing after. You just have to, to choose to follow. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, dude, it's, it's just so cool how God works like that. You know? Yeah. But take it away. All right, so this next part used about it, it's I don't know if you read it all, but Matthew eighteen all the way through like nineteen. I tried reading this a thousand times. I just I couldn't translate it in my head. I guess, but mm-hmm. pretty much what it's talking about is if a brother sins against you, go rebuke him in private, and if that doesn't work, uh, tell two others. And then it says, by the testimony of two or three witnesses, every fact should be established. So pretty much like. There's two sides over a pancake, you know, so they're both going to hear stories and it's like court pretty mm-hmm. much. But then sure. if that still doesn't work, go to the church. And then it says, if that doesn't work, let them be like the Gentilites and the tax collectors. Because mm-hmm. it says, whoever is blind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth will have been, lo- will have been lost in heaven. So in tr- again, truly I tell you, if two of you on earth agree about any matter that you pray for, it will be done by you and by your father in heaven. So I was really confused about it. I didn't understand it. Do you get it at all? Because yeah, so, I'm guessing it just means like if they don't agree with you, then just let them do wrong, I guess. Or let them not so, let them kind of do them. Yeah, so it's kind of like this. You know how like when you're in a conversation or rather a conversation about the Bible turns into an argument? Mm-hmm. Oh, so, yeah. It's kind of like, okay, well, you don't need to continue that argument for no – like that person mm-hmm. is set in their – Oh, they cut out. So there we go. It's, it's like Scared if they're me. set. Yeah, dude, it's been ridiculous tonight. Um, but yeah, so if, if they're set in the ways, they aren't going to change. So that's what he's saying. He's like, look, if somebody sins against you, look, pull them aside, pull them to private, go talk to them. If they still refuse to acknowledge the, the truth, the biblical truth, or maybe about how you feel or whatever it may be, um, and then it's like, um, look, go get two or more people, get them in on it. And then hopefully those two or three people can, you know, help figure this yeah. out um and then he's like look if that doesn't work this is the last thing you can do you take it to the church you take it to the elders you take it to the pastor and he's like let them help you figure it out and if since the elders and the pastors are going to be the most biblically sound or correct in the, this they're uh i guess and non-biased and they're judging you could say and then he's like and if they still don't listen to what the pastors and the elders have to say and he's like just just forget about it that dude said in his ways Consider mm. consider him a I guess a pagan in that sense or a gentile or um, or I guess the Bible said a tax collector here mm. and if you if you remember everybody yeah. hated it. everybody hated the tax collectors because yeah. at least uh, at least my version it said the uh, what word am I looking for the corrupt tax collectors what yeah. it said so um, just treat them like that and, and basically to, to kind of treat them as like an outsider because if you can't listen to reason and you can't listen to advice yeah. then like I don't know have you ever had a friend that like they'll ask for your advice and then you give it to them and yep. then they just don't listen to it. And then yep. they come back and so you, you do it again. And they, uh, you know, happens time and time again. And then finally you're just like, why do I even give you advice? <laughs> yeah. I think it's, I think it's a similar situation here where it's uh, just like, yeah. So that's my, my take. So on it. speak about the pagan thing. So there's this kid that goes to my church. He's a little special. He, he's a little different. He has multi-personality disorder and so many other thingies. But so he, before the church camp, he worshiped pagan gods. Like mm-hmm. Viking pagan gods. 
in the last day, dude, it was crazy. He completely gave his life to Christ. Like, wow. he, we were like, do you believe in Christ now? Like, cause we were filling yeah. the survey thing. He was like, you know what? Yeah, I, I think I do. And he's like, you know, I'm feeling like he said he was feeling called to be a missionary and I can't remember what country it was. Yeah. But like completely shocked me, my youth pastor. We were like, I'm sure. <laughs> what? Like you, you came in worshiping pagan gods and stuff. And now you're like, I kind of think I do believe in Jesus. Like That's crazy. Even if it's like a small C, there's still, it's going to move. Like it's, it's going to go. Yeah. But yeah. Well, hey, you know what happens to a small little mustard seed when it gets planted, right? Dude, it becomes huge. One of the biggest huge. trees. Huge. And so it's cool, though, because, like, we're doing this because we don't know how many seeds we're planting just by, like, these mm-hmm. people coming and going in our lives. Even right? if it's just one dude, I'm happy. I got someone to heaven. Okay? Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's the thing is, like, literally, it, it seems like God is, like, just, like, blessing this entire mm-hmm. this, this thing because it seems like seeds everywhere, dude. And I, I can't, uh, I don't know. It's just exciting. Just every yeah. single, every single person, like even Danny who watches every single one of our lives. Like I love the guy. You yeah. Know? Like it's just, it's just really neat. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, dude, keep it going. All right. So, and then Matthew eighteen twenty says for two or more gather together, I will be there. So pretty much all I'm saying is God's always pretty much there. So like right now there's two gatherings. God's here. It, That's right. I mean, honestly, one person and God will gather there. Like God, God's always there. He's always watching. He's always listening. God mm-hmm. is always there. That's pretty much the thing there. Where two or more gather, I will be there. Just mm-hmm. want to point that out. For sure. Um, and, I, and I think a lot of people forget. You, you can keep looking at your notes, but I think a lot of times people will just forget that God is there. And so mm-hmm. when they go to a church, it's like, because, I mean, it really depends on the kind of church. Like if you go to like an Islamic church, I'm, obviously God is there because he's omniscient and all, you know, he's everywhere. Um, but I think that the kicker here is when he's saying like there's two or more gather in his name, the, the kicker there in his name, yeah. there he will be also. So like with your speaking in tongues thing, I think it's like, okay, well, there's two or more people there. Obviously it was a, like a camp, right? So there's a there lot of people. There's a lot of people there. And so everybody there was genuinely worshiping. And so of course at that Dude, point. I, I'm telling you, like, sorry to interrupt, but no, yeah. that was the greatest worship ever. Cause like, yeah. Dude, I can't even explain, like, how amazing that was. It was the greatest thing ever. You could definitely feel God's presence there. He was moving, dude. He saved a bunch of people that night, and you could tell that people found God. Dude, when you surround yourself in an environment where people genuinely want to worship, not like, so obviously when you go to church every Sunday, there's some people. people, There's some some people, though, that I see kind of just like, Leaning on, you know, the like typical stance exactly. where you lean on the chair, exactly. just kind of looking around. <laughs> they're they're like there that, because their mom told them to be, or their wife told them to be, <laughs> or something along those lines. Yes. Their family members told them to be. They yes. are not there because they want to be there. And so, yeah. when you have a room full of people that want to be there, dude, mm-hmm. it is like none other. It's so, awesome. But and I guess that's where, of course, the Holy Spirit comes into play and possibly mm-hmm. speaking in tongues, if that's uh, how God so leads the people. But keep going. Yeah. All right. So now Matthew eighteen twenty one. So pretty much this is talking about Peter says, yay, how many times should I forgive people? And then Jesus says seven times seven and seven more. So I didn't do the math, but that's a lot. That is a lot lot of times to forgive somebody. And I I think he's saying like, you'll like always forgive. I I don't think there's an actual number of like, yeah, I think he was just saying, you know, you'll never need to forgive someone this many times. Yeah. And I think it was Peter who goes like, should I forgive them only seven times? Because of course, seven is a holy number. Yeah, he does say that. And and Jesus is like, nah, try 70 times 70. And then he's like, and then seven more, you know, like it's just 70 times 70 equals. So 4,900 times seven. 
Nice. So I wonder if like there's a significance behind the numbers or whatever, but I don't know. I'm uh, thinking I'm, I'm thinking too involved now. Well, that's that's not a bad thing. That's how pastors and theologians think. So just letting you know. Hey, maybe <laughs> I'm a theologian. What is it? The- a theologian or theologian. You know, just, just somebody that studies the Bible, I yeah. guess you could hey, say. I study the Bible every that's day. That's right. That's well, right. Some that's days right. I forget, but hey, we're, I'm right there with you. It happens. There. It happens. <laughs> but no, like legit. I mean, if if you want to I think I think seven is the number of perfection and so likewise mm-hmm. 70 times like 10 would be you know 10 times the number of per- perfection and so I guess it's like a something off of that I don't really know but there is a, a, a numerical significance um to different things but um I don't know what that I don't know what that would be I'd have to look into it but that's a good question mm-hmm. so this next part I didn't write notes for but I, I remember what I was going to do sort mm-hmm. of so pretty much, it's called the unmerciful servant. It was mm. about a servant trying to pay a bunch of debts and everything for the. I think it was the empire, maybe not, but it was a dude paying taxes. Pretty he had to much. pay the king. Yeah. Yes. So pretty much, the, there's a little redemption thread that I thought fit, fit pretty well. It says, "Nothing we do is enough to pay the debt we owe God and to take away God's punishment for our sins. Jesus came and died on the cross to pay for our sins and to take the punishment we deserve." When we trust in Jesus, God forgives our sins completely. We can forgive others because God has greatly forgiven us. And I think mm-hmm. that worked perfectly because yeah. really there is nothing we can do to like pay God back for what he has done for us. Yeah. Like, imagine if you had kids and you sent your son to die for a bunch of people, especially ones that don't even like you. Like we can't pay God back no. for that. And no. it's just and it's just crazy that like, yeah, we sin and stuff, but really all we have to do, obviously, all we have to do is more to it, but all yeah. we have to do is just ask for forgiveness and, and repent. And mm-hmm. God, it says, I can't remember, it says something about he will look the other way of the, that sin and completely forget about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I think that's just awesome. It, like, it really is. God and, loves us so much that he's willing yeah. to just forget those sins, you know, and just put them behind his back. I don't know if I've said it in a podcast or not, but the way I, so I, I, I think of this often, like why and, or how does God always choose to give us grace? Mm-hmm. And it's like, like, because it goes back to seven times 70. Like we do, like, especially even the same sins over and over and yeah. over again. Like I know it's more than seven times seven. He's had to forgive for me. sure. For sure. And like, it's like, God, why, why do you do this? And so I imagine I, I might've told you this, maybe it was a podcast. I'm not entirely sure, but it's like, why would God give us this grace? And so I didn't realize it. And so it was like six months after my wedding. But mm-hmm. so when you're standing at the altar and just, just try to imagine this with me, you're standing at the altar, right. you've got your wife's hands in your yeah, hands. Yeah, that's never going to happen. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> God willing, right? But yeah. your yeah, wife's man, hands buddy, in your praying. hands, yeah. you're, you're staring in her, her eyes. You're in the middle of your wedding, right? You're saying your vows. Yes. And I didn't realize until like six months after, but it was in that moment when I'm saying my vows, like we're saying, like, I promise to be there in sickness and health and all that, you know, mumbo jumbo. Um, and then of course you add your own spin. If that's what you so choose, like I did. Um, but anyways, when I was saying my vows, it was like, I knew that she would do wrong, but I didn't care what wrong she did. I knew I was going to forgive her no matter what it was. And so I think it's similar to like, like I knew I was going to choose love no matter what. And so I imagine because God exists outside of time, he created it. Right. And so the way I imagine it is God is always in because he has a relationship with us, a a marital relationship with the church. And so the way I imagine it is because he exists outside of time, he's always in that moment of vows. And so he always looks at us like 
look, they're going to do wrong, but I, I choose yeah. to love you no matter what. And to me, maybe it's just because I've lived and I've experienced it, but that just it feels so raw to me. Just mm-hmm. the, 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 the fact that God chooses to forgive, chooses to give us grace, shows mercy because we deserve mm-hmm. punishment, but he shows us mercy anyways. And just, I don't know, that's, that's the best way I can imagine why or how yeah. rather. So, but uh, anyways. That, that pretty much sums up Matthew 18 there. <laughs> grace. It's a good chapter. I really it like is. it, man. It like, is a really good one. There's nothing we can do that will make God not love us. For sure. I mean, you can't chase the 99. That's right. And uh, if, you, <laughs> if, if you're listening to this and you want to know the story about what happened, I'll, I'll give, a, a, I guess, a quick little summary. It is basically this guy owed the king like over a million dollars in, in debt, and so the dude couldn't pay it. And so the, the king actually asked, or rather sentenced the dude to be sent to prison until all of his debt could be paid. And so, but the dude got down on his knees and said, God, or not God, he said, King, I forget the king's name, but the king, please, like, no, 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 I, I, I really need you to, like, give me grace, show me mercy. And mm-hmm. so the king was like, you know what? Fine, I'll do that. And uh, so he allowed the guy, he, he uh, wiped away, or I guess he pardoned those sentence or whatever that he had originally given the guy. And so the guy got up and left. And then after, sometime after that happened, the guy encountered somebody that owed him a few thousand dollars. Um, of course, dollars and our speak here, not necessarily what the Bible says, but the equivalent owed him a good bit of money. And, uh, the guy, instead of showing mercy, like he had been shown, shown how he had been shown, he actually demanded it and had the guy get in prison because the guy could not pay back that, that debt. And so, um, then somehow or another, the King found out that this guy, uh, showed the second guy, no mercy. And he's like, get that guy back in here. And so he brought the guy back in and was like, look, I showed you mercy and you didn't show that same mercy to somebody else. He's like, screw you. No, you're getting like, he said, uh, the sentence ended up being with punishment in prison. So it was worse than the original sentence. And so, and it says, likewise, the kingdom of heaven is the same. And so if you think about it, I think it's the book of Jude. It says that we need to show love, uh, because we have first been shown love. And I'm sure it says that in other places as well. Um, but, when we don't show love like we have been shown or we don't show grace like we've been shown or we don't show mercy like we've been shown, it's like slap in the face because we, we aren't giving what God has given us. It's, we, uh, we aren't being that overflowing cup, if you will. Um, and so anyways, but that's, that's basically the, the story of, of that. So take that if you're listening and use it mm-hmm. to however you like. But, but yeah, you're right. That's basically that sums up Matthew 18 then there. It's basically just grace um, and, and we're, it, he gives, he's full of it. God is. So, yeah. but, uh, yeah. Um, what do you think? Any, any closing thoughts? Um, God is good. Amen. <laughs> God is good. Amen. I like that. <laughs> um, since you let it, I'll, uh, I'll pray us out and you can end it. All righty. Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for allowing Codus and I to have this, uh, this TikTok podcast, live stream, whatever it is and everything that is. God, thank you for that. Thank you for allowing us to reach many people and thank you for allowing us to, to be the ambassadors for you, God. Um, God, I pray um, for this technology because it's been giving us a lot of struggles here recently. <laughs> I, know, I know that uh, Satan is trying to, I guess, discourage us, God. And God, I pray that you just uh, bind his power and just allow this to, to radiate and allow it to reach the people that it needs to reach God. I pray that you use us to reach that lost sheep, that, that the, the one that wanders away, God. Um, cause I know I was once that lost sheep and you came after me, God. So I pray that you use me to reach that one lost sheep and use CODIS to reach that one lost sheep and to reach or whoever's watching this God to use them to reach that one lost sheep. 
and you continue to use us to, to, to continue to go out and find that one lost sheep, God. Thank you for giving us um, your divine power and giving us the authority to cast out demons and to heal and, and to pray. And thank you for giving us this line of communication through Jesus, God. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Um, God, we thank you for the things that you've given us in this life, and we pray that you allow us to use them to glorify your kingdom and continue to guide us, guard us, protect us. And with all that being said, God, thank you again for giving us another breath and allowing us to wake up this morning. Uh, with all that being said, God, thank you. Uh, amen. Amen. So is it amen or amen? What's the difference? Just I don't, French? I don't know, One's man. French? <laughs> French, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it really matters. I think God's like, you know what? You prayed. Good job, man. <laughs> but, um, all right. Well, with that being said, you want to say it? Take it away. All right. Godspeed.